0: Welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our fantasy Files series with a look at Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, and the Green Bay Packers backfield. I've been waiting to talk about these guys and Aaron Rodgers all summer long finally got the clarity that Aaron Rodgers is back, will be QB1 at least for 2021, which is all we're worried about today. So obviously, fantastic news for Aaron Jones, someone that, you know, I've had as high as like my RB5, RB6 throughout this offseason. I moved down a little bit into the lower end RB1 range during the Rodgers, you know, hoopla and just not knowing what was going on. But just in terms of the league's best overall running backs, I'm not giving Jones the crown, but I think he deserves to be in that discussion among the top five top eight at absolute worst i mean the only complaint we have about aaron jones since he entered the league is like why has he not gotten the ball more often that's why we hated on jamal williams not because there's really anything wrong with the way jamal plays football because in fantasy land we want our running backs to get three four hundred touches and williams was always the reason why jones couldn't get there so rogers back jones you know he signed a four-year 48 million dollar contract extension last march Jamal's gone, you know, freaking pump the gas, pump it, get it going on the Aaron Jones breakout potential in 2021. I don't even want to say breakout potential. He's already broken out when you earn a $48 million contract. I mean, that's just how things work. But anyway, Aaron Jones, again, what the kids might call an elite running back, PFF rushing grade since he entered the league. He is third among 115 qualified backs, tied for 21st and missed tackles force per carry, tied for third and yards per carry, tied for 12th in yards after contact per carry, and 11th in percentage of carries to go for first downs or touchdowns. And, you know, if you look at what he does uh, just on a per down basis, honestly, I'm usually most impressed with Jones when they tap into what he can do as a receiver, you know, him waving goodbye to Byron Jones as he gets to the corner is Great. And, you know, he had some runs against, I think it was the bears towards the end of last year that were truly uh, special seeing what he can do in the open field, but it's a damn shame. Jones hasn't gotten even 50 receptions in a year yet. And it's a borderline coaching malpractice, but would you really expect anything less from the guy that took, it took two months to play there, Henry over Dion Lewis uh, all the way back in what was it 2018 so not necessarily saying we shouldn't have seen this coming with Jones. I just wish they could throw him the ball more people because since 2017, when they have lined up in the slot or as a true wide receiver out wide, only Austin Eckler and Naeem Hines have averaged more yards per out run in those situations than Jones since 2017. There was one game, and we saw them tapping in this a little bit when uh, Devontae has been hurt over the years because Lord knows they don't have a consistent uh, number two receiver to really lean on. And the one game that really stuck out to me was in uh 2019, they were playing the Chiefs. I think it was Sunday or Monday night football, but Aaron Jones had eight targets, seven catches, 159 yards, and two touchdowns, with a lot of those coming out wide. He took a screen to the house. Yeah, I don't know, getting the ball into one of your best playmakers' hands all the way out toward the sideline makes that makes sense to me. Also ran a sick double move on a poor linebacker that was tasked with hanging out with him. So I'm not saying you need to just Always line him up out wide. He's a running back. You, you know, unless you're Urban Meyer, you usually play your running backs in the backfield. But just being more consistent with, you know, threatening with that usage, I think, could go a long way. Because, again, he's proven plenty capable of thriving out there. He did it more in 2021 and 2020. Excuse me. Like, when you watch Aaron Jones, you watch his highlights from catching the ball. It's not like Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry situations where, okay, they're catching screens and making good things happen with the ball in their hands. He can do that, but we're seeing legit downfield, like, contested catch situations, and Jones is coming away with the ball. So here's the hoping, now that Jamal is out of the picture, we see that part of his game, you know, really take an even bigger step forward. Because Jamal Williams, again, was just so solid, and he never missed, he missed two games Games in each of the past two seasons that's it otherwise 16 games in his first two and he was chipping away quite a few touches every single year in 2017 jamal at 178 then 148 then 146 then 150 caught 25 27 39 and then 31 passes along the way so the path to aaron jones being a fantasy superstar this year is pretty simple his rushing usage doesn't really change and instead of AJ Dillon replacing Jamal Williams. AJ Dillon takes away Jamal Williams' rush attempts, but Aaron Jones, for the first time in his career, gets this Alvin Kamara-esque receiving role in an offense that, let's face it, with all due respect to Aaron Rodgers' apparent BFF, Randall Cobb, really hasn't added anything in the way of, you know, high-end pass catchers throughout this offseason. Maybe Amari Rodgers is fantastic, and there has been some rumors that he can get some run at running back but I think we're looking at you know a potential carry or two every few weeks for Rodgers and the fact they brought in Cobb uh, just tells you all you need to know we got Aaron Rodgers you know openly throwing MBS under the bus saying Jake Kumaro was the second best receiver at training camp last year so no I think it's very possible Aaron Jones could be second on this team in targets if Aaron Rodgers and company feel the need to get him more involved in the passing game which hey once you p- start paying the guy you know 12 million per year it make sense if they ramp up the uh, opportunities a little bit uh aj dylan's projected role again though that's where it comes into question because dylan only caught 21 passes in 35 games at boston college we have already gotten some words though where jones i think himself even said dylan's looked better as a receiver we had that uh you know jordan love practice where everyone was losing their mind about how good he looked and one of those plays was a wheel route to aj dylan that i've thought about far too much throughout this offseason so I don't think the Packers necessarily view Dylan as someone that can't catch the ball. The question is, like, will disparity be wider than it was between Jones and Williams? Wide enough for them to get Jones out there far more often on pass downs than they have before. PFF right now is leaning towards the latter situation arising in our projections ahead of 2021. Only Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, and James White, LOL, are projected for more targets than Aaron Jones. I talked a lot about my expected kind of projected fancy opportunity score where i'm assigning 1.61 ppr points per target just a historical average over the past 10 years uh, and 0.6 per rush attempt to try to figure out just in terms of workload where would these running backs rank it's not saying you need to rank these guys here but hey you know like nick chubb is my rb9 and he comes in as rb18 in this we better be confident that the running back is a complete baller and playing behind a great line and a great offense if we're expecting them to beat their opportunity by that much. In Nick Chubb's case, I, I think all those things make a lot of sense, and that's why I am comfortable with that. But when we see someone like James Robinson popping up with a you know 20-spot ranking difference, that's where maybe we can go back and you know, hashtag adjust the old ranks. With Aaron Jones, he does come in as the RB9 in this projected fantasy opportunity score only guys projected to have just a more fancy friendly overall workload, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, and Najee Harris. So Jones is basically only behind Kamara in this group in terms of like, and, and, and Eckler, I guess, which makes sense. I mean, they're going to get fed targets. Every other back is like a legit three-down workhorse for their team. Jones has that potential, and I think the ability uh, to be a Kamara-Eckler, you know, light, type player uh, in this new look, potentially new look Packers offense. Again, it all depends how the Dylan Williams usage goes. If we see, uh, you know, these first team preseason snaps and Dylan's catching some balls and it's just a 50-50 split. Okay. We don't need to completely bail on Jones by any stretch of the imagination, but I just think that's going to be the difference between him, you know, repeating as the RB five or again, finishing as a top five RB or just slowing down a little bit and being a borderline RB one. But anytime we have the lead back and, you know, pretty much undisputed to lead back of, um, the league's reigning number one scoring offense. It, it's going to be good for the fantasy business. It's just a situation where, unfortunately, I don't think Jones is going to get that featured, featured uh, workhorse role that you know you would hope the running back you're paying 48 million would get. He's only played more than 75% of the offensive snaps in six of his 54 career regular season games. It's not like Jones hasn't been getting fed the ball. I mean, it's just again not as much as we want him to, based on how freaking good the guy is. So I know you know Pat Packers fans that catch a lot of flack with Rodgers not having enough weapons and this and that when in reality they continue to be a really high scoring offense and a team that you know we had the I think Ed Werner tweet where he was like oh you have 30 years of Favre and Rodgers and only won two Super Bowls Hell of a lot of franchises would love to have even one of those Super Bowls. So I don't want to, you know, be here and complaining too much about Jones because, my goodness, the guy, 285 touches in 2019, 19 touchdowns, 248 touches last year, 11 touchdowns. Even if he's not getting, you know, the three, 400-touch workloads we prefer, he's still getting fed the ball a lot. And, again, if his workload can become just – a little more fancy-friendly this year, which we have reason to believe it can happen, I think big things could be on the horizon for Aaron Jones. So he comes in overall as my RB7. I have him only behind Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Zico Elliott, and Saquon Barkley. So I would take Aaron Jones ahead of Austin Eckler, ahead of Nick Chubb, ahead of Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris. I think that even though he doesn't necessarily have the Najee Joe Mixon workhorse uh, role in him, he has a higher proven floor just because you know we we've seen some issues at mixing staying healthy i will admit that at least last year and just generally not being the same high caliber talent that jones is and then for Najee, it's just i think a less uh, sure offensive situation where you know we're projecting a lot of touches here and they could be coming but again it's just a little bit more mystery than with jones who if he keeps the same role he did last year that's an rb1 role and again with the potential for extra targets i think we could be looking at him being a legit top five producer at the position now for a very special part of this podcast people so i was looking at aj Dillon. he is my rb 34 i really like him because he actually is my rb 33 right behind fournette jones zach moss he's in the same kind of tier as jamal williams james robinson kenyon drake and i was looking at these guys because dylan robinson drake and jamal williams even latavius murray like all these guys are handcuffs to an extent because they're not their team starting running back but they also offer flex value. Like, A.J. Dillon should be getting 10 or 12 touches per week. Obviously, if Aaron Jones goes down, that could double. But even if Jones doesn't go down, we could still get some you know, fairly consistent flex value out of Dillon. That's not really on the table for guys like Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison. Who have the same huge handcuff potential not the same flex appeal so you know with, with any question like this i had to go to twitter and just find out what the people uh were thinking so i basically said we as a, this is my tweet we as a fantasy football community need a cool name for latavius murray aj Dillon, jamal williams type of number two rb where yes they possess huge handcuff handcuff potential but also yes they have enough of a role to provide some weekly value and you know i threw out a few lame uh, uh you know potential names chain rb necklace Rb rubber band rb sticking with the you know jewelry type thing from handcuff, but the one the only one of the goats of our industry people Mike Wright you know all known from the uh, fantasy footballers podcast they're just great at what they do Mike Wright comes in with what we're gonna call these people from now on flex with benefits so go get your flex with benefits aj dylan in you know these later these mid late round parts of the draft because we're getting someone that has that upside but also isn't just keeping a roster spot that you can't start them ever throughout the year so that's why i have you know dylan ahead of the pollers ahead of the madisons ahead of these guys where yeah they have a great final range outcome but so does Dylan and Dylan could also actually give us something more often on a week to week basis so Jones RB7 Dylan RB33 I don't like it I love it let's get both these backs on fantasy football rosters of all shapes and sizes here in the 2021 hopefully win some titles along the way so that's going to wrap up this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast thank you all for listening as always and before we get out of here I just had a special advertisement to get off my chest and I'm talking of course about our friends over at Manscaped support for pff is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming champions of the world manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer the lawnmower 4.0 join over 2 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping with the code pff at manscaped.com manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience their fourth generation and trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology i now feel confident shaving my boys get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code pff at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off free shipping manscaped.com code pff unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for your job with manscaped Again, people, always thankful you tune in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. New episodes every single day. Also, please check out my 100 articles, 100 questions, I should say, in a 100 day series. I'm through about 75 at this point. 25 to go. Grind's feeling good. I'm heading up to uh, Myrtle Beach tomorrow. Going to be spending a week in the sun. We'll still be barking, we'll still be grinding. But after that, I'm in Cincinnati full time. So we'll get, you know, out of my mom's basement into uh, the nice PFF studio that I am largely moving. To CNC4 and how even my nice apartment that is mine. So we will, uh, you know, be improving, be improving the background here. I appreciate you guys uh, putting up with it in the meantime. And until next time, take care, everybody.